this is Off the Break Podcast, presented by Silver Screen Insider. Welcome to Off the Break Podcast. I'm Cody, and with me are Kyle and Ken. Hello. Hello, everyone. Oh, by the way, this is your podcast dedicated to current movie theater news, operations, and insights from the people that book the movies. There we go. Here's to, <laughs> here, cheers to reading left to right, top to bottom. <laughs> cheers. It's Friday. We're a little exhausted. My allergies are so bad. I do not have the virus. I just have horrible, horrible allergies. I'm basically allergic to everything green. And But you doubled up this week, so you have now seen 20... I, is that the number I'm at? I was going to say, I'm Cody, and I have a yet-to-be-determined amount of movies from the AFI <laughs> Top 100 list. It's a perfectly good script that I've laid out, and yet you blame it on the allergies. I do. It's the, <laughs> it's the allergies. I'm just trying to get through the day. It's the allergies. I'm tired. <laughs> just, you know? just mutilated it. <laughs> just, this is, this is. Why do we even have these things? It's about routine, Kyle. I choose to look at the sheet or not. You, got, you must produce the sheet. Sheet. The word is sheet. Yeah. <laughs> Double E, guys. We don't want to get demonetized. Yeah. If they even know that we're a podcast. <laughs> they even Slowly know. growing. Know that we're out there. Um, so this week, we thought we would just go over. There has been some more changes on the release schedule. Nothing major, but apparently all the horror movies are moving out of the way of the big releases that were supposed to come out this summer. Um, Ken got a screener dun, 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 for a movie called The Tax Collector. Ooh. Yes. Yes. So we'll have to go over that as best we can. Um, then some news and we get into what movies we saw over the week. After we figured out what movies we even decided on I know. from last podcast, because we, we completely forgot. <laughs> and, and on last week's recording, it wasn't made very clear. We just no. tossed out ideas, but... Cody had a completely forced AFI marathon last night. <laughs> yeah. Five hours of wholesome goodness. Ugh. But, but yeah. I'm, I was impressed. I heard from you guys that you stayed up until two in the morning yeah. to It's get a combination of my anxiety over the destruction of our industry due to the pandemic and <laughs> obligation to watch these things so I don't have to watch some awful scenes from godfather so, or goodfellas or whatever ken was gonna show me I, my fear of being punished crippling anxiety got all, me through it all very healthy reasons yeah. to watch a movie and turn your brain off yes as they're supposed to do brain was totally turned off i took a break from my hoarders marathon <laughs> and called life <laughs> no <laughs> tv show hoarders and i've gotten into it i've never really had time to watch tv but apparently this is syncing up with where i'm at mentally right now <laughs> i feel like that show or that type of show has been around for 10 yeah, years there's now. lots of episodes lots of episodes oh, just no. never ending the same thing happens they they make a mess they can they never make a mess. they can never get out of it somebody comes and cleans it up they don't address their mental health issues and then they make another mess it's just and Cody's like, oh, I'm so mentally healthy right now yeah. compared to all these people. I look people. at my house and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> Definitely not filled with anxiety already. No. No, I, this fill could the never be me. Filled with anxiety, just not stuff. Just currently. not stuff. No. In fact, when we went through our house remodel, I purged quite a bit of stuff. I am kind of a collector. Not like even close to hoarders. You're not going to be on hoarders. but no. Then it's not a problem. No. 
No, not yet. <laughs> but speaking of Purge, we got the Purge date moved. We oh, finally yeah. got a uh, title and a date way, way, way far away. <laughs> That's fine. So yeah. let's go over those. Let's start at the beginning. We'll start with Candyman. That moved from September 25th to October 16th. So closer to Halloween. Three weeks is, is good. It year. was supposed to be yeah. a June release, I think, before. So yeah, October is a better knows? time. They've been all over the place. Then we have Halloween Kills, the sequel to Halloween. That moved from October 16th, 2020 to October 15th, 2021. And I wonder if that's because they've had some production issues. You know, some of these now might be production issues. Maybe. Production finish delays. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. Then Halloween Ends, which was supposed to be in October of 2021, has moved to October of 2022. So did you see the the teaser trailer for the Halloween trilogy now as it, oh. as it is? So the Halloween universe. So, so they moved <laughs> it and then released the teaser for it mm-hmm. at the very end of the first one yeah. of this trilogy is it's, that what it's we're, a we're trilogy. calling it a trilogy yeah. now <laughs> of this trilogy the house is on fire and michael myers is locked in the basement yeah and jamie lee curtis is driving being whisked away right by her family well it shows her in the back of the truck very excited that her house is on fire and that her tormentor is locked inside the house uh-huh. well then fire fire brigade is coming the other direction oh no to end the house fire and so let him out. Let him out. So now you have a real reason and not one of these uh, supernatural reasons or something that just yeah. happens. Yeah. That did cross my mind like after seeing the last Halloween. I was like, how are they going to have him come back from the dead? What supernatural nonsense will it be? But yeah. I forgot that there are such things as firefighters who yeah. will probably put out a normal <laughs> fire. Jason, I'm sure the that they Jason would... <laughs> Voorhees spike through the chest and the yeah. lightning strike. Yeah. And... <laughs> I'm sure that they wouldn't be like, take the excuse like no you gotta let this house burn there's a madman in that basement i mean she was yelling like don't like don't burn out the fire like let it's it burn. in there let, let it burn. burn let it burn the let teaser it... i thought the teaser was pretty good like it doesn't show anything no that we wouldn't have guessed yeah but no it was still really good then the forever purge moved to july of 2021 yeah so that's what we need is one more purge movie let him go um was november 6th of 2020 so just moved back uh two and a half months november 6th yes okay then saint <laughs> Maud moved to august 7th but that's kind of like not settled so yeah it, it was on august 7th like last week i yeah. think we briefly talked about mm-hmm. it and now they're they just don't know again yeah that yeah i just don't think that there's enough locations for them in new york and la to be able to open so that's kind of where we're at with the release schedule. It's really hard to release those films when your two major markets, New York and LA, are back to being coronavirus hot spots and the governors aren't opening them up. So that's that's been kind of difficult and that's really shaping the policy on the release schedule is, you know, are enough theaters open and are our major markets open? Mm-hmm. And it just sucks that no, you could have... 2,000 really good theaters open, ready, willing, able to play the films in the heartland. But if you don't have New York and LA, the studio execs are like, oh, I don't know. Like that's their whole world and they can't see beyond those cities as viable options. Yeah, that's just really frustrating because you're right. 
there's plenty of other markets where they're willing to be open as much as they can play whatever needs to be played in order to keep their business mm-hmm. and their industry alive. Um, but just those higher ups only love their LA, New York market. I get it. That's where they live. That's those are huge markets. I'm not discounting those massive markets. Those are the top markets, but they're not the only ones, right? They're not the only market out there, but it's, that's, I think the big struggle right now. It's not that we don't have enough theaters open or, you know, it's just that we don't have the right locations open at this point. So now it's time for the new game show that's sweeping the nation. Cody, what will you play? <laughs> what will I play? Well, this coming next couple of weeks is really difficult. It's I'm talking to a lot of clients and that we're looking at, you know, if they move tenant from August 7th and we have to look at maybe from two to three to four or five weeks of more repertory product, I, I don't know if theaters can stomach it. It just... It's not doing well. It's declining every week. People are kind of over it. We're in the height of summer. People are looking to do other things, activities outdoors and away from other people. And so we're just really struggling getting them in the doors. And and we've already used the best of the product. The things that people are like, oh, I wish I could see that in a theater. That was really nostalgic. I really like that. You know, your Goonies, your Jurassic Park, your Indiana Jones, your Back to the Futures. Those have all been played. So now we're really like, what is B tier repertory stuff? And sometimes C tier, like what do we get into the really scraping the barrel here? Yeah. Which is kind of unfortunate because there's just those B tier and C tiers that you can come up with. I'm sure that you'll be able to find like some really great gems that people could think themselves are like movie classics, but you just don't know if they can do what Jurassic Park was Right. able we, to do with so much on the line it's not going to yeah at this point yeah yeah we can as long as you're breaking even that's fine but if you are paying film rental like paying to play these you're, and you're not recuperating that in ticket sales it's just you got to really think about even being open and luckily there's some strategies you could take we've talked about it a lot limiting down to like maybe friday and saturday nights Limiting show times, limiting number of bookings. Maybe you're only booking one or two of these films a week. But even that is just going to have diminishing returns after a while. And so some people are just saying to heck with it and they're shutting down on their own. And that's got to be a really tough decision because a lot of times they just don't know if they're going to open back up. Well, I wonder even if they can manage to stay open, but they only have to do those Friday and Saturdays. Um, Maybe for like the rest of the time, like uh, lunch hours or dinner hours, you can do uh, pickup service when it comes to concessions like they were able yeah. to do when everything was fully shut down. Yeah. Like just so that way they can make some sort of ends they're gonna have to the get, week. They're going to have to get creative because it's getting, it's getting a little bleak there on the, on the booking front. Yeah. And now everybody has like, oh, I love this movie. This movie will do good. But the reality is because you loved it and it's special and nostalgic to you doesn't mean it it's nostalgic and special to a broad swath of people exactly and that or that they haven't seen it a bazillion times already and just going one more time just is not doesn't seem appealing and without access to fox disney's catalog there are a half dozen movies that resonate nationally to every well i mean there are like like you said, Goonies, Jurassic Park, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones. There's only like a dozen movies that resonate 
right nationally which which people will go to and take the risk for yeah but that's it there's nothing beyond yeah. that the, we thought for sure we would be able to fill up this time and we thought we'd be maybe back if we could go now. think way outside the box people would be energized by those kind of crazy decisions nope that's not working anything kind of newer I'd say in the last like 10 years isn't really working. Um, kids stuff is not working. Parents are not taking their kids to the movie. I thought hopefully in summer that might be, that might change a little. And that um, with nothing else really to do that parents would do it, take their kids. But again, there's not, we're not seeing that turnaround on the kids stuff like I was hoping for. So kids product really isn't doing well. I think that made it was made apparent when, paramount sold spongebob like when they sold spongebob and even scoob i guess from a couple of months ago that they kind of figured that families most likely aren't gonna go back to the theaters yet and that's the that's who you want at the theater because that's who buys the concession Mm -hmm. and so what candy and so what (laughs) we're just seeing over and over again is anything that is i would say like over 10 to 15 years old over that so older than that very nostalgic and um, that appeals to a broad swath that's not too rated R, that's not too violent or graphic or horror, just a, a family-friendly, but not for little kids, just a general audience pictures. Like, And I think that's why Goonies is doing so well and Jurassic Park. They are really, there's something in them for everybody. And, and so, but there's not that many of those films that, you can get the rights to that are available on DCPs. I mean, there's this, there's a whole other, all these other factors that kind of limit your pool of actual good films. So now it's just mitigating and trying to um, make sure that what you have left in your arsenal, you're sparingly using so that we're not just blowing through product because it's, if they move again, it's going to be tough. We've yeah, we've used that term before for locations pulling things off screen before they're ready to be taken off. Yeah, this is a whole different animal. You're right. actually like eliminating things from from possibly being yeah, used you again. Yeah, because you can't. You can't bring them back. There's you no can't reason show to show it again. Yeah, we're gonna. <laughs> gonna Everybody that came and bring saw back on Jurassic Park. That came and saw Greece. <laughs> It came and saw Greece. You're not going to be able to re- to bring that back and play it again. Sure, sure you can play uh, Footloose and get 75% of the audience you had on Greece, but that's the end of the road. Like that's yeah. that's uh, there's not what'll be there's not Footloose. that many fun-loving dance movies. There's like there's so like three. Show the Footloose remake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't so don't, last don't listen to Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Do not show the Footloose remake. It's so funny how, um, like, how important newness is to the movie-going experience. Oh, yeah. How important that, like, um, just uncertainty, you don't know what it is, that discovery of themes and emotions and all of that, that newness is just so important. And even though nostalgic things are you know, kind of making a comeback and people are gravitating toward like good old day things they remember. It do, it just isn't as powerful as newness is and, um, and that discovery. And so the repertory stuff is doing okay at first, but each and every week that you get more and more and more of it, just diminishing returns. That's the way we, 
our industry so desperately needs new product, new yeah. blockbuster product. Yeah, it's just funny to me that um, the industry does require like newness to happen to like yeah. stay in business, but at the same time, and especially nowadays, we talked about it on the podcast frequently where it's kind of brand reliant at the same time like it's newness right. but you just know what the brand is right like you need some familiarity but it but I, i'm yeah. hoping this breaks that cycle like i'm hoping that people just because they haven't had anything new that they don't need marvel superheroes and they sure. don't need yeah. those franchises that they will just watch whatever we put out there just because it's new and different yeah i mean same mod maybe a24 is hoping for those okay, four well, week periods like they'll go, go that see that. i'm just i know i'm just saying that's, like that's gonna be a little weird for general take, audiences probably but take it easy tiger yeah <laughs> long shot but it's wishful thinking right. for sure the, just, the would, longest shot <laughs> it would be nice to go back to those like one-off stories you know yeah. a lot of the things i'm booking don't have sequels to them mm-hmm. beetlejuice grease i mean they kind of did but nothing good like it they were just good stories in of themselves one-off movies yeah and it would be nice to get back to that speaking of good new one-off movies i got a screener for the tax yeah. collector so oh, it's new right. from rjle yeah okay it's and brand new comes out on august 7th august 7th okay. matching date with vod is it playing at like drive-thrus i imagine yeah or i'm drive-ins. sure there'll be a few there'll Your be drive-ins. a few drive-ins yeah. that'll have it <laughs> it's a you know, it's very LA-centric movie, and with LA indoors closed, I'm sure it'll play at a few drive-ins. But it's a gritty, violent crime drama that's going to be one of those things that's not going to play in Middle America. It's right. not going to play in the Mountain West where we are. It's going to be one of those things that is um, very specific to big cities on the coast. But it's you know a short review as it's. David Ayer, who did Training Day and End of Watch and Fury and Suicide Squad. So it's Oscar winning Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you pulled out the big guns for that one. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very well done. It's well casted. It's well directed. It's extremely violent. It's got a few twists and turns, but it's exactly what you'd expect. And it looks like it was made on... Not not a shoestring budget was definitely done on a smaller budget than the the other films that yeah. I listed. But the Academy gr- Award winning Suicide Squad. Yeah, of course, <laughs> had a three billion dollar budget. Yeah. <laughs> they, they literally turned that guy into a crocodile because it was cheaper than <laughs> the makeup. Like they mutated him. Yeah, they figured out how to mutate him because it was less expensive. <laughs> I think that's CRISPR gene therapy does that. <laughs> so, any questions about the movie? Shia LaBeouf's in it. I was going to ask you. Is this the movie that he got all the tattoos for? This is. And they're real. He's now stuck with those. Those are real. These are real crazy person tattoos. His his character's name in the film was Creeper with a C. And then he got that largely tattooed across his chest, nipple to nipple. Wonderful. (laughs) And it fits the brand absolutely perfectly. It it sounds like David Ayer. Some mentally unstable... uh, actor <laughs> got a giant tattoo on their chest and it's like oh yeah shia labeouf probably yeah yeah <laughs> did something weird yeah it sounds exactly <laughs> like him was he was his performance pretty good though otherwise he was good yeah. uh, he wasn't in it as long as i expected him to be 
A little foreshadowing. Oh. <laughs> oh. And he also plays um, a part where he's racially ambiguous. So he looks like a white person, but then has speech patterns of the Latin Mexicans that are in the barrio. So it's a little confusing there. So, but it hmm. it fits this character that's supposed to be just a a scary person who takes money from the uh, the surrounding gangs in the area. Oh, huh. it definitely sounds like a David Ayer type movie. Yeah, like right up his alley. So very cool, super violent. You should check it out. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I would not love sound to. Like a Cody movie at all. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, that's cool. You got your second screener. You're well on your way to being legitimate. Yeah. I'm going to be to 25 screeners before you're to 25 AFI movies. <laughs> not that's the, for sure. Not the way I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> to a week, baby. Yeah. To a week. Crank them out in a day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> two on Thursday evenings. Take, take some notos. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what's more impressive. Not two movies in a week, but two in a day. At like yeah. till 2 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> Again, I told you I paused my Hoarders marathon. I stayed up till two, which I had been doing watching Hoarders. I might as well watch movies. You do what you have to do. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we all get through this virus the best way we can. <laughs> watching good films. That's how it should be done. Yeah. Um, okay. So we have some news articles. Yes. Let's get through this, Cody. Yeah. Let's, let's start marching. <laughs> I'm a little off look, today. Look, look happy about it, at least. Maybe we should move the podcast off Fridays, because <laughs> I'm apparently just toast by Fridays. That could be an inside discussion later. Yeah. Maybe not on the podcast. Yeah, so Kyle, it looks like uh, Tom Hanks wanted Greyhound to have a theatrical run. Yeah, uh, Tom Hanks, in an interview with The Guardian, had mentioned that he wasn't too happy about Greyhound going from theaters to being streamed on Apple+. Plus. Because of the sound quality and the visual quality is going to be lesser than what you would get at a theater. Um, well, as it, part of being the screenwriter, he has to set up in his mind and the screenplay how sh- shots and dialogue are going to work. And I'm sure in his mind, he viewed it all as playing on a theater screen, not on your cell phone screen. Yeah, definitely. Because like he said, that's the best way to view it. It's just right. to get that full experience, that full oh. sound, that full Greyhound was like a visual. cool submarine movie. Yeah. And <laughs> I can't imagine trying to watch that at home and ha- try- and even coming close to the same experience as you would have with surround sound or Atmos in the theater. Yeah, exactly. So he was explained that he was bummed about that, that he hoped to have that theatrical experience um, for people to have. But, you know, who knows with COVID and stuff when that would even be. But um also it was just funny because they mentioned the article that apple had him put up a blank wall background instead of having like his bookcase being shown so that way like uh people interviewing him wouldn't like get off track and like look at his bookshelf or something and for some reason that just was hilarious to me that (laughs) apple went through all that measure just to make an interview even less boring you know because I would love to know what he's it, reading. I, I think it makes, yeah, I was going to say, I think it makes it more boring because yeah. a plain background, not only does it make it more boring, that makes it look like fake. Cheap. Yeah, yeah. Like weird. Like he's maybe in his bathroom just being like, I'm hiding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like some of the videos I was like, this is weird. Like I, the camera already does a 
look very good. I, I don't know what see, computer you're using. Yeah, I want to see people in their den in like a more professional like. Yeah, go and, to my library. And Tom Hanks is a huge history buff. He was on with uh, Dan Carlin on his Hardcore History podcast this week, talking about the film. And they just spent forty five minutes just like throwing out weird history facts at each other to see if they knew <laughs> it. It was hilarious. The two yeah. of them back and forth. Yeah. See, that's way more fun than you know professional type interviews or whatever where like the backgrounds are boring they ask boring questions that they ask for every other person i don't know and he's a good interviewer oh yeah like he's he's good he's he definitely wanted to promote it and i just wish all that talent and effort had been directed at like the message of we're gonna get theaters back on their legs instead of apple said i had to have a plain background yeah yeah it i don't know it just made me even more annoyed that we couldn't have seen I this. I might scare movie. everybody with all my history books in the background. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Tom Hanks is out there stumping for theaters. Yeah. Christopher Nolan is always out there yeah. talking about theaters. And again, there's another article that says he wants the movie in theaters sooner than later to get it out. Yep, and that the studio's pushing him to push it back, but he only him and a very few select group of people have the clout and the ability in the in this industry to kind of create something and have control over their creation and and as we saw even tom hanks he didn't get to make the decision on if it played in theaters or not yeah if tom hanks can't have that he wrote it he was in it and he's tom hanks (laughs) yeah and he didn't have that the guy got covid let him do what he wants (laughs) right come on he lived yeah, you had Zack Snyder, who without COVID, his cut of his film that he didn't finish would have never been released. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right. <laughs> there's all these things happening. You're like, that would have never happened. Somebody tells Tom Hanks his movie's going to be viewed only on a cell phone. I just yeah. wonder, I wondered how baffled he was when he got that explained to him. Like, okay, you're going to be on a streaming service and won't be in theaters. And he's just baffled that that was even the something that would happen to his movie i know you feel kind of bad but i'm glad that there are people like tom hanks and christopher nolan out there that are on the creative side because a lot of the times the creatives are looking for their next paycheck and so they they don't care where it where it plays they just are looking for the next job so it's um they don't have as much power i think as as some of these directors but yeah christopher nolan definitely wants a theatrical release and sooner rather than later which is awesome yeah i mean the same goes for like the creators of halloween kills because along with their teaser for it they also attach the statement explain why they're pushing it back by a full year pretty much like they want people to have that theater experience when it comes to watching you know michael myers stab people they want right the visuals to be great for it they're proud of the product that they're making i know but i feel like that's really disingenuous because it's being distributed by universal and universal doesn't care so i do agree universal doesn't care but i hope the creators at least do right and it seems like they do. i hope that they have it in their contract that they get to decide what the distribution plan <laughs> yeah, is exactly and i'm really hoping the rug doesn't get pulled out from under them and this somehow goes to like vod like yeah. vod only long yeah. ways down the road for that but as good we'll as the see. first one was, I'll I'll uh, eat my own tail and pay the premium VOD rental fee to see these. No, the day they come out. we won't I will. do that in our household. Yep, <laughs> I'll do Terrible. it outside. I'll do it outside in the garage quietly while you're sleeping. <laughs> Better <laughs> having to hide, and then you can sleep out there because I will find out. 
I mean, I enjoyed watching the last Halloween in the theater. I'll gladly wait again to see this one. Hopefully it's good, but I can wait. Oh, it looks like uh, Netflix is going to take Chicken Run 2, which I didn't (laughs) know was in the works, and they're going to give it a qualifying theatrical release, which is also a little disingenuous now that Netflix owns a couple of theaters in L.A. and Yeah. Yeah, so they're going to play it at their theaters. Yep. And then they're going to keep 100% of the ticket sales, and then they're going to say, hey, it's ready for an award. Right. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much what I thought reading up about this was that, oh, yeah, an awards qualifying theatrical release. It's oh, going to happen. I'm it, like, I've seen this it's before. Gonna it's going to play in L.A. County and New York City. If they open. Yeah, yeah, if they open. It'll play in those places and nowhere else. Which is hilarious because Chicken Run was very popular back in the day. I would imagine they could do a wide release and be able to see some oh sort gosh, of turnout. Our little boys love Chicken Run and, like, the Aardman movies like Shaun the Sheep. And oh, yeah. They're just so cute. Yeah. And we was kind of sad when Farmageddon didn't get released. Well, that I don't was know li- what that means, that but was okay. Li- Shaun the Sheep, Farmageddon. I, I'm not familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I was watching I don't it because I was like, oh, my children will love this. And then it never came out. But Chicken Run was good, too. I don't know what they would do for a sequel. The chickens make it out of the pie making factory and then they go live in a nature preserve where no one can get to them. Maybe. Oh, you know, it's going to be like 20 years later and they see what becomes well, of the nature. Preserve. It'll be slightly yeah. different because uh, Mel Gibson will not be. True. <laughs> he is going to be a voice recast. of one yes. of the chickens. I think he'll get replaced. That's Did you? True. Actually, I just read recently um, that apparently the actress, I forget her, her name now, who voiced like the female chicken, like she wasn't able to come back for the project because of ageism. Like Netflix Aww. said, like her voice is too different for the role but yet she somehow proved that that wasn't the case yeah so there's a lot of drama happening with chicken run 2 apparently (laughs) which i don't understand why just make the movie put in a theater put in more theaters 20 years i don't know if i need the original person back no it makes sense though to push something this year with disney having to move everything off yeah there's always a chance that you could have an academy because they didn't win with irishman last year but they know. will get or it with chicken story. run It's entirely yeah. possible they could, well, it animated film, animated yeah. feature that they could win, have right. an Academy Award winning feature. Probably more of a chance. Yeah, definitely more of a chance than a normal year with everything that, moving around. That'll just be really funny if, what, the past five years they've been trying to have a Oscar winning movie, but yeah. it becomes Chicken Run 2. Not that <laughs> they, that's bad. Like, spent, I'm just saying that'd be like They spent a billion dollars on Scorsese and Ben Affleck yeah. and all these other people. And all these high Chicken calibers. Run is the one that brings it home. <laughs> yeah. Like, come come distribute your film here. We've got Chicken Run that's Academy Award. Yeah. <laughs> We're proven strategy. It's, what, not even, it's not even one of their original anime movies. It's just a sequel. It's just yeah. that wins Best Picture. Anytime you walk into the office, you walk right past that first thing. <laughs> Is that an Academy Award? It's like a golden chicken statue in the lobby of Netflix headquarters. (laughs) They'll be proud of it. They'll be proud. But yeah, I I just saw that story for it. And I was like, yeah, we'll just see just how Oscar caliber this Mm -hmm. release uh, type is. Well, Cody watched two Oscar caliber movies last night. I watched Saving Private Ryan. And what I didn't realize was Tom Hanks' birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Tom Hanks. Apparently, he's 64. 
years young. You've had COVID and Kyle says you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah, you got my endorsement. <laughs> you don't need it, but you got it. And then <laughs> do what you want. <laughs> I followed Saving Private Ryan up with the with American Graffiti. So very exciting films. Where do I begin? Um Saving hopefully, Private Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. Saving Private Ryan was done so well. It just pulls you right into war. The the acting is amazing. The the visuals of war are just like I felt my adrenaline pumping. It's just shocking. And I cried a little. So in the very beginning, it's just so hard. I mean, so many lives lost in war and so many young men and it's just so sad. Um, but I have, I remembered I had seen that movie a long, long time ago and there were a few scenes that I did vividly remember, but there was a lot that I didn't. (laughs) So it's what, like a three hour movie. So and it, what is it that long? I thought it was like, Something like that. two and a half hours, maybe. Yeah. But but there's a lot to unpack in it, that's for sure. No yeah. holding back. No. But it's incredible still. Yeah. And I'm glad that you go through all that horrible war where everybody dies trying to save this one man. And then at the end, you're just like, oh, my gosh, how do I how do I process this? What what was the point of it all? And then you realize like he's asking that same question. He goes, I, I just want to know that I lived a good life, that I was worthy of that, all this sacrifice and stuff. And I think that was a perfect way to end it. it was him back in the cemetery with his family. Just, you know, old man. Yeah. Good way to a go. Very, yeah. very poignant war movie with a very, right. you know, it, it has a, a few slow spots, but that's part of the hurry up and wait idea of, you know, yeah. world war one and two. And even those slow parts are worth it because it at least takes time to, even though they feel like lesser known characters, like you will end up finding a way to remember them kind of specifically, like what their thoughts were on war, what um, their aspirations were, like what type of person that they were when it came to standing arm in arm. And yeah, there's a, there is a lot to unpack, but it just is amazing that it's able to hold up so well to this day. Oh, it does hold up. And I think one of the reasons why it holds up so well is that it has a lot of practical effects. It wasn't, you know, CGI. It was actual explosions Mm -hmm. and gunfire and blood. And um, and I think that helps add to the grittiness of it. It does, yeah. Tom Hanks. Everybody looked like a baby in it. It was so weird. (laughs) I mean, They were young-uns at the time. They felt like (laughs) young-uns. Even Vin Diesel. I was like, oh, yeah, he's in this movie again. (laughs) Not Fast and Furious. Yeah, it it was weird. I haven't seen him in anything but Fast and Furious in a while, so. Yeah. It's been a minute. It's been a hot minute. For old old Vin Diesel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what else? Yeah, I just, it was sad. A lot of of death. It's sad, but like you said with the ending, like it's. It's the perfect right. ending for that movie. Oh, like it does, you know, help you get I, out of that sadness for a minute. And this is what I love about movies. There's visually little these creative narratives that are happening that you don't really talk about. And I forgot that like Tom Hanks has like Parkinson's or something he's developing. He's getting that shake in his hand, yeah. and he, and he can tell it's weak and that there's something going on. And then at the end, when he dies on the bridge, like it just pans to his hand and it stops shaking. It's like. That was really powerful. It just, you kind of reminded of it the whole time that he's alive and then it's only stopped shaking when he dies. Yeah. Yeah. You just saying the little things about what Tom Hanks was doing that movie just makes me think of how 
terrific he is as an actor. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, like, comedy, drama, whatever. Like, he can just do it all. And, and he still is, like, one of those actors that we are still able to connect with. Like, he feels like a genuine person. But right. for some Authentic. reason, yeah, somehow he's able to just transfer that authenticity into whatever role that he wants to pursue. Yeah, in. he definitely has that superstar charisma quality on where yeah. you're drawn to him naturally on screen. Exactly. Tom Hanks, American hero. Yeah. Do what you want, <laughs> Tom Hanks. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, what was your second one again? American Graffiti. So then I follow that up with American Graffiti. And um, it, you're right. It has very little Harrison Ford in it. And he's <laughs> he's not a nice person. Pre-Harrison. <laughs> Pre-Harrison. And I don't like him. I, I In fact, I didn't like a lot of the characters in this movie. And maybe it's because I was just not in the right frame of mind after watching the war movie <laughs> but i felt like everybody was spoiled brats i didn't like any of them i d especially didn't like ron howard's character who i thought was whiny and just immature and um richard dreyfus's character was just like come on i want to be like get your shit together <laughs> and whiny like i don't know what i want to do sounds like typical teenage angst yeah that i was, was not that was for it. sheet together keep your sheet together yeah eet <laughs> again don't want to be demonetized <laughs> don't come after us whatever it is i was just not and i i did kind of like the um john miller character the one with the yellow truck hot rod guy with the the um, white t-shirts with the cigarettes rolled up in the sleeve like he oh that could come back anytime now I would love <laughs> that look oh yeah jeans with rolled cuffs boots oh, oh yeah t-shirts with the cigarettes pack rolled I don't up. even smoke but I'd look so good with a pack of, <laughs> pack of smoke, slick back hair pack of smokes up my sleeve yeah <laughs> um, he I he's the only character I liked he was the only one that could just see the the reality of what the situation was but kind of knew he couldn't get out of it he was He's like, what are we doing? Why am I doing this? He, you know, and then he just kind of gave in and kept doing it. The, the racing and the life and yeah. all that. He, but he was the only one that I kind of liked. And then, um, yeah. So it was weird to see all them super young. <laughs> oh, not, for sure. Not Harrison Ford. I feel like Harrison Ford looked like he did in that movie for like a really long time in, in his life. Yeah. But, and then age finally caught up. But Ron Howard... Yeah aged quickly dramatically or dramatically yeah and the richard dreyfus it was weird to see him young because i always picture him old mm -hmm. so but he has this almost the exact same like face heaviness in his face and his mm -hmm. his body so it's not like he changed a whole lot and you hear it in his voice his voice is so unique yeah yeah um, american graffiti is a funny movie because it's good and George Lucas does a great job and it makes me think like Lucas could have done more stories like this, like in that same vein. Yeah. Like it's kind of, like, it's not like the most well done movie, but at least showcases like what he had the potential for. Right. It's, as like a director of other things, but it then reminds Star me a Wars. lot <laughs> of like the grandfather of a teen one. It happened one night comedy that we got in the nineties, which is what I grew up more with. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, this is just kind of like that, but yeah. slower and with cars and everybody's just, I don't know, dumb. You hate it. Everyone's dumb and you hate them. I, I hated <laughs> everyone. So this one definitely didn't move up in the rankings, but no. what about Saving Private Ryan? It sounds yeah. like it was one of the best of yours. That I don't want to endure that again, but that was one. Of, that was just so well done. 
Yeah. Perfect. I don't, don't want to. If I want a good cry, I'll watch it again. <laughs> that first part is just so hard. Those 20 minutes. On the beach. And yeah. yeah. You know what? One scene that really got me was after everything had cleared and they just see the bodies like lapping in the waves. And I'm just like. Yeah. And they're oh. like pushing past them, right? No, like when everything's all clear. And then you just see the, like just the aftermath. The, oh yeah, yeah. And there's okay. Blood and fish and parts and bodies, mm-hmm. and then you just see like bodies floating like debris in the waves, and you're like, "That's a person. It's just yeah. a person gone." Yeah, that was hard. And then I got s- stupid teenagers afterwards. <laughs> oh, Ugh. speaking of stupid teenagers, Kyle watched the movie too. It didn't have <laughs> stupid <laughs> teenagers in it. It had stupid adults in it. I meant he was a stupid teenager. I am a stupid teenager still. <laughs> I'm 25, but I still feel it. <laughs> Kyle watched P.S. I Love You with Gerard Butler. and I did. With the ghost of Gerard Butler. The ghost of Gerard Butler's past. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, oh, what is her name? Hillary Swank? Yeah, Hillary Swank. Yeah. She's kind of a real uggo, but I was, <laughs> I was going into it with Gerard Butler being like, I could see where there's something beautiful about her. It's funny that you say that about um, Hillary Swank, because I always make fun of you on the show for calling certain actors Male actors. Ugly, <laughs> but I had that with Harry Connick Jr., who's also in this movie. <laughs> like, for whatever reason, I was like, this guy is so ugly. Why do people think he's... A-? And I, I, I Googled him to make sure like it wasn't... It was just the movie, but not him in real life. And yeah. even still, I did not. I don't get it. It wasn't a mistake. It was. Was this a mistake? Was this a mistake? So, <laughs> I gotta ask you. Did Did you watch it with your girlfriend? I did. Okay. Did you guys cry? Not me, but she did. Yeah. <laughs> there is something about when he does the narrative. P.S. I love you, and it's in his voice, and I'm like, <gasps> it gets me every time. Gerard Butler kills it. Yeah. <laughs> he just is having a great time, and he was able to carry me throughout the movie. Everyone else was just awful and mean. And and it wasn't even like the type of characters where you know they're not a good person, but somehow yeah. you find a way to root for them. They just all suck. Like even Hillary Swank, who we're supposed to be rooting for, she's terrible. She was so mean to Gerard. Then he kaputs. He's out of the picture. And she's like so devastated. Yeah, but and I like, still didn't like her. It doesn't feel like you really loved him. Yeah. You didn't love his spirit. And it feels... It, Maybe that was the point. Maybe like she was supposed to realize what she had before it was too late, but now yeah. she has to find a way to move on. But I don't think it's that deep of a movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like one of these bad romance novels that you see at the check stand when you're walking by. Yeah. Where it's like they walked by each other and then they were desperately in love. And then he died. It sounds <laughs> it's that type of a, adult quote unquote story, but has like a teen rom com title for it p.s i love you it's a mixture of those two pretty much yeah i think i mean the movie is well-intentioned like there was something there but i i don't know all the characters i just could not stand except for gerard he was awesome i'll give you the the other character that aren't very good but just the concept and gerard butler's execution of it uh, that you're your dead lover is sending you messages because he knew that you wouldn't be able to live without him. Yeah. Oh, so good. And I, I, feel, I have that in real life. I by still, the way. Kept, I still kept saying throughout the movie, like womp womp. he deserved better. She was awful. <laughs> Hillary Swank. She was so mean to him. She would yell at him and just be mad at things for no reason. Yeah. Oh, it was frustrating. Yeah. Welcome to married life, Kyle. <laughs> Fair enough. Of, it is kind of married life. <laughs> But even at a, but they even came to a point where I'd be like, okay, 
Like you got Gerard Butler has to have a fuse at some point, but right. he still was happy go lucky, and I still kept watching because of him. So <laughs> maybe that was the rude awakening I needed. Yeah. For what's to come with married life, we'll see. <laughs> I hope it's not that bad. Hopefully not. That's not that bad. So what do you have on Kyle's plate for next oh, week? And Sounds we... like the the romantic film it. brought him and his uh, his lady love close together closer together so let's I keep it go going with that again. keep the love train rolling we bonded over it but because of the jokes we made not because of its true intentions <laughs> whatever she <laughs> loved both, it don't they, make her feel they bad they both bonded over She's how like, handsome gerard butler was <laughs> like it's just so <laughs> handsome <laughs> i mean i'm not sure i'm not 100 percent on his accent because sometimes it's odd at irish and sometimes it's scottish but it's 100% handsome. I think this time he went with Irish because they kept having her yeah. like go back to Ireland. Yeah. His hometown in Ireland, wherever it was. What are we going to have Cody see? Anyone know? For the, They're she, looking at their list now. She, I know. I got to ready for the little... thunder? <laughs> thunder? Here. Here's the list. I right, we really should Kyle. come up. We really should come up with the options before we do this. I know. I don't know. Nobody wants to listen to us to be like. Mm-mm. Yeah, exactly. At this point, no. This is good. I like the suspense that it builds. I think we should just do one old one this week. We should do like a Marx Brothers or a something really old. Okay. We could do that. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Smith well, goes to Washington thought, with Jimmy Stewart. What I thought was was good about P.S. I yeah, Love You. Uh, no, no If she likes 12 Angry Men, just wait. Oh, wait, did you, did you see 12 Angry Men? No. I can't remember Vertigo. Vertigo. Vertigo, Vertigo and Rear Window with him. Yeah, that's right. He is the most annoying voice. Just wait until you watch <laughs> that one. <laughs> Where he monologues like eight times. <laughs> okay, so I don't have any... Like, I didn't really like romantic lovey films, so that P.S. I Love You is as close as that got for me. Oh, okay. And it's I got thought... a, little, a little bit of, um, like, humor in it. You so bring that's up why. so many of those movies all the time, though. Like, I bring up lovey com- dovey movies. Look, fun comedies that may have a love element in it, but that's... I don't watch, like, um, true... Like, I didn't never liked The Notebook. Yeah, that's supposed to be like the mm. pinnacle of love. Yeah, yeah. I did not the like, pinnacle of love. <laughs> did not like that romantic. Not movie. the pinnacle of romance movies. Just no. the pinnacle of love. <laughs> so I have like all fun ones on here. That's fine. Um, as long as it's on the list. Yep, Kyle. I think it's time for some duck soup. <laughs> Marx Brothers, nineteen thirty-three. Duck soup. Duck soup. That's really a list on. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay. 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 I guess that's all you can say if you're going into it blind. (laughs) Okay. Okay, well, why don't we do Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Because I think I wanted to do that one, and we got on the Gerard Butler thing. But that's close to, like, a love story. (laughs) You'll find out in the end. No, no, I'm sure I will. You'll find out in the end when he... Dumped Jennifer Aniston at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It wasn't behind the scenes. He actually did it on camera. On camera, just he to made, make sure. He stayed so much in character, they kept it in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no. I can only imagine what happens to those two. <laughs> but oh. yeah, we'll do that one. Mr. and Mrs. Smith for Kyle and Duck Soup for me. <laughs> yeah. What are you ordering at a restaurant here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Need more enthusiasm for that. Who's on first? <laughs> oh, I can't wait. This is so much fun. <laughs> okay. 
Is it right. black and white? Yeah. 1933? <laughs> yeah, def- most okay. definitely. Most definitely. <laughs> Just asking. Have to be sure about how old we're getting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to watch the first, the first movie, you know, like Thomas Edison and a horse run. <laughs> it's going to be great, kid. <laughs> going to be in living color. <laughs> All right. We got through that one this week. Ooh. Next week, we'll do it earlier in the week. Possibly. Or, With a little more energy. Possibly. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have to, we're going to have to do something. Life has got to get a little easier, yeah. so Fridays are manageable. B12 spinal injections before every episode moving forward. Right. I remember this podcast had life. It had <laughs> it had laughs. The virus has sucked it out of and us. <laughs> COVID has beaten us down way too much. <laughs> well, we don't get to make fun of the new movies anymore either. Of the newer ones? Yeah, yeah. Part of it. We can't be like, this was so bad. <laughs> I'm just watching. You now, know. We, now we got to fill that time with older movies. Ugh, old movies. Wonderful old movies. Like yeah. Duck Soup. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm glad you are. All Mr. Right. And Mrs. Smith is actually funny, so. I've heard good things. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it's it goes ten, for me, but. Ten, Kyle. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. That's the end of it. Okay. All Everybody right. Have a great week. Yeah, let Kyle do a spiel, Ken. No, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Ken, you don't you don't have to be here for the spiel. <laughs> Why are you walking out the door? <laughs> Thank you everyone for listening to another episode. Maybe we'll be uh coming back earlier in the week. We will see. Uh but until then, you can find us on all podca- podcast platforms as well as at soscreeninsider.com where if you're a theater owner or manager in need of movie information of older titles because that's all that's playing currently you can find us at that website and we'll have some uh marketing tools and assets for you we can get you the old posters you have to print them yourselves they're not going to send you any but no i'll get you the images we'll get you the images we got your back (laughs) (laughs) that's what we're here for we got your back yeah all right well have a good weekend bye